This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans when you check out their new mural. Well, if podcast episodes were the number of hours that Facebook makes you wait before reblocking someone, you'd know this has to be episode 48 of The Harmonious Gentleman. I'm Chris. I'm Tyler. I'm Graham. What? Yeah. So you can block someone instantly. Someone can block you instantly. But if you want to reblock someone that you had blocked before, there's a 48 hour waiting so period. So you've blocked them, unblocked them, and you want to reblock them. That's right. 48 hour oh. wait period. And Facebook claims it's to prevent people from like making a nasty comment then blocking so that they can't get back at you well they are sort of the moral authority right. facebook totally <laughs> yeah yeah that makes sense that's a great intro chris and especially because we're gonna be talking about social media a bit mm-hmm. today um so nice i one. thought it was appropriate did you do that on purpose yeah oh nice yeah. job give him like a little break in bc for a while and he'll come back with good refreshed stuff. and yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so what are you prepared with graham uh i'm, I'm really tired <laughs> <laughs> I have my new microphone, so if it sounds different than, than the other guys, score. If it sounds the same, well, that was a waste. Waste of money. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we had a pretty good email. Actually, I don't have it up right oh, now. Oh, no one does. Well, I'll share something real quick about some correspondence while you do that. Um, <laughs> listener and frequent guest Peter texted me after our last episode, and he was really mad at me that there's no piano at the end of our last episode. Right. Now, listeners right. will recall that Peter doesn't like the piano at the end of episodes, but he noticed... And reached out to me and and got mad. Um, so there, there pretty, will be piano on this episode. Oh, it's going to come back hard. Yeah, it's probably it, starting now. It, it yeah, <laughs> just the whole episode <laughs> overlay. But Peter, this is for you, buddy. All right, keep listening. Uh, we also had an email from longtime listener Marcel, who says it's titled "Thank You." Hey, gents, thank you for the shout out. Assuming it was me. I think this was in reference to an arm wrestling competition. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was lovely to hear it while I was mowing the fairways this morning. Keep up the great work. One suggestion for your special 50th episode. Make the episode three hours long with a Q&A from listeners, your former favorite student. Nice work, Marcel. Thank you. An arm wrestling competitor. I've been told that our podcast feels like three hours already. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we can work with something there. But please keep, if you have any ideas, because that's coming up in two episodes and we will do something different for that. So yeah, either just follow up what Marcel is suggesting, send us questions or ideas and we'll We'll make something happen. Yeah. Okay. But for the 48th episode, Mm -hmm. we have a special guest. That's right. Maybe we, what's that? I just said we do Tyler. Yes. Oh (laughs) yeah. I'm not the special guest, but um, yeah, let's hit a jingle and then we'll introduce our very special guest. Sounds good. We're joined by a local personality in central Alberta. He started his career in radio, television, and quickly turned his career to live entertainment, live sports, and has appeared at thousands of community events. He's won Business of the Year awards in Red Deer and Lacombe. He's a professional public speaker, MC, PA announcer, voiceover artist, and successful entrepreneur, and way too qualified for this podcast. <laughs> Just think of that. Welcome to the podcast, Joe Whitbread. Yeah. Thank you. Nice to be part of the Harmonious Gentleman. Thanks for having me, guys. Sweet. Good Absolutely. to see you. It's good to Thanks have you. Thanks for being here. Do you want to join us for recommendations, Joe? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. we're, we're going to jump into something, a topic pretty quick here. But as you know, we like to talk about what we recommend first. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that comes highly recommended. I Let's, uh, <laughs> do I start? Do you, yeah, if you want to start, that'd if be... you're ready, sure. Uh, sure. Uh, what a great bio. Thank you for reading that. That, that makes me sound incredibly overqualified, and <laughs> perhaps uh, perhaps I'll impress. Perhaps <laughs> none of that will be true. Um, <laughs> what can I recommend? Uh, gosh, one of the things in my bio I just started doing this year, which uh, is just so ex- exciting. In the summer of 2021, I became the, the, the public address announcer for the Sylvan Lake Gulls. I love baseball. I'm going to start, if it's okay, to recommend Gulls baseball. Um, Bring your family, uh, bring a buddy, bring your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mom and dad, your grandparents. Uh, it's so much fun. It's it's if you don't even have to be a baseball fan, the, the stadium's amazing. I'm sure you've heard about it. Um, 
but the games are just awesome. Um, and again, you don't have to be a ball fan. It's not about the baseball. It's about the summer nights and having a beer or having an ice cream or a hot dog and uh, cheering for local boys, having fun. So I'm going to recommend uh, Gulls Baseball in the WCBL. That sounds like a blast. And their branding is sweet. You're wearing the hat, and it kind of looks like St. Louis's um, lettering. Yeah, yeah, the SL, right? Yeah, yeah, it looks really yeah. good. There's another team actually I found online, uh, Salt Lake Bees. Uh, it's very similar to the Salt Lake okay. Bees, Salt Lake SL. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, great uh, merch. I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that. I'm not here to sell it, by the way. Uh, it may sound like I'm selling. I, I, you know, we'll, we'll uh, take three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great merch. There's some real good hats, uh, jerseys, and hoodies, and but yeah, it's a, it's just a fun local yeah. uh, team. I love supporting local, as you'll find out here tonight, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's my recommendation. Good one. It's cool. awesome. Chris? Okay, I'll go next. This is a little out there, but I'm going to recommend watching the preview for a movie. The movie is called Pig, and it stars um, Nicolas Cage. You just have to watch the trailer for it <laughs> because I just found out today that it has 97% on Tomato Meter. But just, just the, the trailer? Not the trailer, the actual movie, <laughs> but just watch the trailer. I Like, I can't stress this enough. You need to stop what you're doing, Google the pig trailer. <laughs> the pig. And it's just pig. P-I-G. P-I-G. Nicholas Cage stars in pig. Huh. You need to see this trailer. I want to watch it right now. It, yeah, yeah. I think maybe we should take but a break. In the break, we'll do it. Okay. Is it, it's a new movie. It's a new movie. It came out in, I think in June. And I, <laughs> I shouldn't have hit you with the tomato meter rating because I was shocked to see that that's what the rating is. Wow. Like they're talking Oscar buzz and. Wow. Really? And I've never heard of it. No. And you can't get it out of your mind after you see the trailer. Wow. Right, can you give us a genre or not really Nicolas it's hard cage. to tell like <laughs> yeah slasher the film cage. the cage genre yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah. yeah well i was gonna do a movie but oh, i yeah. won't anymore well that's it's, just it's a trailer it, well i have a backup it's cool next okay. time uh, my recommendation is uh, we drive to salmon arm well before covid twice a year and we finally went back out this last week to see my family and we drive through the same towns every single time you get your canmore and your field and your golden and revelstoke mm-hmm. Um, we stayed overnight in Golden this time. And if you're ever in Golden uh, and it's not the wintertime, actually, in the wintertime too, you could go. But the gondola there, uh, gondola, how, how do we pronounce it? On yeah, the gondola. Podcast? It's a gondola if it's, uh, I think, with a hockey broadcaster in it. It's a gondola, gondola if you're tourism. Well, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, gondola. Uh, <laughs> we were staying, we, my wife found a deal on some room that was up the mountain there in Golden. And uh, we just, in the morning before we left, we took the gondola with the family up to the top. To get to your room? No, the room oh. was right next to it, the bottom. Okay. Um, but just as, a, as like a two-hour kind of ride, it was amazing. And then up, there's hikes up there, walks up there. Mm-hmm. There's obviously the bike trails too, if, if you're prepared. But with our little kids, just the walk and the view, fantastic. And we've driven okay. past it, you know, yeah. 50 times. So many and times. they never even know, know yeah. about it. There's also a brand new... Um, suspension bridge in golden as well that was closed. canada's highest oh, right. i saw the yeah. sign when i drive but we, it was closed so we thought well the gondola instead yeah. ended up being awesome so canada's highest i that's, think that's a lot the, of people in golden yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right that's Not true only the bridge my son played hockey in, in golden actually and i i've seen the gondola but yeah. i've never uh, never even we were there in the winter season watching him play but yeah but I mean, that takes you to the ski hill normally Yes, it's part of the ski hill. But I mean, okay. the thing is, I, if it was just me and my wife, it would have been fun but to see your, our, my kids enjoy it. Like, it was just fun yeah. to just go up and get, yeah. keep some quiet for a while. And Yeah, that's cool. Have I mentioned the White Tooth Bistro in Golden before? Did you have a burger there? A Reuben. That's a brewery, isn't it? <laughs> well, they've got brewery now, yeah. and it's also fantastic. There's a two for one. So the White Tooth Brewery and okay. Bistro. Wow. Anyway. That's very really nice. Yeah. Well, my recommendation is a graphic novel. Nice. And... Part of me feels like someone may have recommended this a long time ago, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's Blankets by Craig Thompson. I think I did his other book, Habibi. Right. Okay, that could be. Um, But yeah, just one of my favorite um, novels, let alone graphic novels. Um, It's autobiographical about a guy who grew up evangelical Christian home. And it's just a, yeah, just a heartfelt, dramatic story about growing Mm -hmm. up. Um, yeah, worth a read. And if you've never read graphic novels, um, I, I'd say give this one a shot. It's time. Like, yeah, it's there's time some good one. good literature out there. Um, yeah, it's not all Batman and Superman, <laughs> even though those are good too. But <laughs> would that be sort of your favorite graphic novel or one of your favorites? I think so, for sure. One yeah. of my favorites. Like, yeah. but awesome. Yeah, nice. highly recommended. Look at that mixture of uh, recommendations. Yeah, oh, yeah. with everything. Good. Cool. Yeah. I'm really pumped to go to a baseball game. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's just it's just what's right about uh, you know, and, and you could say the same the CFL game if you've ever mm. been. It's yeah. fun. It's it's a it's a good family event. It's never about. I always said if I write one of my many books that are in my head, um, one would be it's not about. I'd start this series. It's not about. So it's not about hockey. It's not about baseball. It's not about you know when you're raising kids. It's not about putting toys away. Mm-hmm. That happens to be the lesson tonight that creates. Mm great humans, right? Mm-hmm. Putting toys away and why it, you know, we need to do it in a proper way and an expedited way. Same with the baseball game. It's not about baseball. There's so many lessons learned at the ball field, whether you're there with your family or maybe you've got a date or you're involved or interested in sports marketing. Yeah. There's yeah. so many lessons for somebody to take or glean from life at a ball field. It's mm-hmm. the dichotomy of our society sitting there next to you and around you and, and on the field. And I, I, I love that. Yeah. And we don't have no. that baseball sun we don't have around here or haven't had for a long time. I remember mm-hmm. going to Red Deer Riggers yeah. when I was young and it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. it is yeah. awesome. So and this is this is ten times that and, and, yeah. and only yeah. and not, no disrespect to Riggers. I I yeah. went to many Riggers games. It's because of the field, it's because of the environment, it's because yeah. of the, the anticipation. And for those who well, drive from out of town to of get the crowd, there. Probably. Yeah, yeah, and it's even it's even about the anticipation of getting to this field and this field of dream comes out of nowhere and mm-hmm. lights are on. It's really, really magical, but Huh? And there's no crying in baseball. I no. <laughs> and as I've learned, there's no, no peeing in crying. baseball. Because, oh. Well, and, and what I mean by that, I'm the public address announcer. And from, from the moment the umpire says play ball as a public address announcer in a nine inning game, there's no peeing in baseball. You do not have a break. You're always on. And, and if you think there's intermissions in the, in the innings, there's not. You, we'll you, save our cans for yeah, you. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no peeing. In- well, I think it's time. Tyler, what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, we're going to hear a little bit about Joe's story, and we're going to talk about social media. We've done that a number of times on on our podcast. We have a, I don't know if you'd call it a love-hate relationship. We have a complicated yeah, relationship with that. social media. Um, so we'll dive a bit into that. Yeah. Well, we've heard um, a bio, Joe, from you and, and kind of getting a little bit of a picture of who you are and what you do. But maybe just give us a, a kind of stretch that out for us. Tell us a little bit about your story and let's get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, and so for, and for the listeners that don't necessarily know who the heck this guy is, I mean, um, I call myself sort of this this, this community ambassador. And that's something that I've adopted humbly um, because what I essentially do and have done is created a career around representing um, entities, businesses, organizations, nonprofits, groups of all walks um, in my communities, in the communities I work in, I live in. Very fortunate. Uh, You know, I have a radio and television background, so I certainly have broadcast experience and Mm -hmm. I, you know, have that recognition potentially sometimes with voice or or who I am. You know, many of your listeners locally might know me from the Red Deer Rebels games. You know, I've been doing that for 20 seasons in the Western Hockey League. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, uh, it's amazing how many people know me from Dance Magic, which, uh, you know, I'm a Dance Magic host. And and for those thinking that I somehow have jazz hands and and I don't, I have two left feet, but I've been (laughs) embraced by the dance community to emcee and announce for their year end recitals for, for, for almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, and while that, might sound like dance kids and, and, and parents, you'd be amazed at how many people within the community you reach, yeah. uncles, aunts, step-parents, business owners, when it comes to, to, to the dance community. So I am an ambassador of the community, uh, but I'm also a local entrepreneur and a business owner. And I, 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 there's nothing more humbling than being recognized for my, um, my intelligence when it comes to business and entrepreneurship, because sometimes you become the jester, you're the juggling, mm. you know, you're the juggling right. clown and you're on stage and you're doing all these voices and fun <laughs> things. And, and it's, it's wonderful. Um, but what I love to be honored uh, for and humbled by is, is my business prowess and how I've built um, along with my business partner, Joe Phillips, Joe social media. And so a lot of people might recognize me uh, from Joe social media, which has become the very first in Western Canada, digital agency. There's plenty now, um, but we were the very first, we stuck our necks out on that block mm. first. And, and, uh, and we became a place that people could trust locally to talk about Facebook because mm. Facebook doesn't answer their phone. There's no reception desk at Instagram. You can't talk to someone at Twitter, but mm. 
when you have a local business in charge and every business you look at right now and business owners listening right now, everyone has to have some form of digital footprint, but they had nowhere to go. And so way back in 2012, we created Joe Social Media. And and frankly, we've won Business of the Year twice. We've been honored by our province multiple times. And as we'll speak about tonight, I'm sure, most importantly, what Joe and I are doing is helping families start to bridge the gap between misunderstanding and kids who are digital. And we're speaking in schools all over Western Canada about social media conversations that are not just important, but necessary. Just want to ask you, Joe, 2012 was when you started this business. Um, how important was social media to you before that? Like what, what sort of drew you into that world and said, I'm, I'm doing this. I mean, you were one of the first, like you said. So what gave you that uh, spark? Yeah, to give uh, it's a great question. Uh, and I have to think of why, because the why of social is actually one of the most important and imperative uh, components, whether you're in business or a parent wondering if your eight-year-old or 12-year-old should be allowed on YouTube. Uh, the why is a great question. Um, the answer is we watched it. Um, it's the see a need, fill a need. Um, there was a strong, strong need. Uh, again, as I said, for local help. That's what this is. It's help. Facebook's complicated. Instagram's hard. If you're a parent listening to this right now, my goodness, you know what you see. You're terrified of what your kids see. How and where can you reach out that's not a public forum, a Facebook mom's group (laughs) (laughs) that can possibly help you? And in a business sense, when you talk data targeting and phishing and everything else. So what started it was uh, you know, my radio and television background, I was in, it was in traditional broadcast. I recognized what advertising sales was and what on-air entertainment was and what people were consuming. And then I realized very quickly, and, and, and it has changed a lot, but in 2012, we were starting to see what, what is now known widely as content, right? right. That's, what, that's what this is. That's what podcasts are. That's what YouTube stations are. That's what Twitch channels are. Yeah. It's content. It's things that are either entertaining, uh, journalistic, uh, informative. There's something. They give us something. They enhance our life. That's what uh, must-see TV on a Thursday night was. That's why we tuned in. If we wanted to see this, we watched that. If we bought a newspaper, we turned to the sports page or the finance section. Content is what's always driven culture. But as you know very well, the Harmonious Gentlemen are a podcast. You're now able for the first time ever in our adult existence to create your own and people subscribe to it. Mm -hmm. Well, that was happening when we started. But we were the first to recognize that it was a business model. It was an opportunity to help people, certainly, like any other business model. If you need sugar, you go to the general store and you buy sugar. If you need help on Facebook, no one knows what it is, then you go to us. So yeah, it was see a need, fill a need, and then we really saw the need, and that's where sort of the the social enterprising part mm. came in. It sounds like as you're talking, you're passionate about a lot of things. You're passionate about community. You're passionate about helping. You're passionate about sports. Are you passionate about social media? I'm passionate about the psychology behind the human behaviors that drive social media. Mm-hmm. That is a very politicized answer <laughs> no. to a simple question, but I am <laughs> fascinated by human behavior. I have always said, uh, I'm certainly passionate about marketing. I love, um, you know, I always use the Cinnabon example. Every one of your listeners and you guys can attest to walking into a mall and immediately <laughs> smelling cinnamon yeah. buns, right? No uh, and to anyone who thinks that's an accident, right. you do not understand advertising. Because that is 187% advertising. You are supposed to smell cinnamon buns. And did you know that Cinnabon cannot, in their, in their branding, build their restaurant inside the food court? Every Cinnabon is outside of the food court because the Cinnabon, the, the, the cinnamon buns would mix with the other smells. Yeah. <laughs> so when we talk about marketing, I'm passionate about human existence and, and frankly, how we're all duped by it. And I say all. I know everything about marketing. I'm duped daily by marketing because I'm hungry or I have emotional attachment to something or somebody gets me and they want me to do something that they want me to do. And gosh, darn it, no matter how much I fight it, I do want to do that thing they want to do. So yeah, I'm passionate about human existence. I am not passionate about social media. Mm. I'm passionate about human behavior and how we are all susceptible to marketing. Mm. So when we... Before we started this segment, we talked about our love-hate relationship <laughs> yeah. with it. Where would you put yourself on that? Or is it? A, are you flipping back and forth like it's an excitement 
or it's a necessary evil? Is it? Yeah. yeah where are you on that? Yeah. Great question. Uh, so, so I actually put on these sort of, um, these sort of subconscious hats every day. So certainly I represent our business and the people that, that work there. We represent businesses or entities, nonprofits, organizations. We are the managers of social media channels, right? Which is also something all of your listeners should realize when they complain that their luggage didn't return from their flight to Cancun and they tweet it or they Facebook post something nasty about WestJet or mm. Air Canada not returning their luggage. We have to remember that's a lady named Shauna with a cat and two kids at home. And she simply runs the social media for Air Canada. You know, we're complaining, right? Yeah. And we don't think that. We want to yell at the corporate entity, but we forget about Shauna, yeah. right? And so um, I'm, we represent this stuff. So I have to put on these hats and the people that work in social media and anyone listening who runs any account, whether it's your son's local soccer team or, or your actual business account, you know this. The comments that come in, whether, whether positive or negative, they affect your mental health. If you're sure. a true owner of a business, even the podcast, you guys know that if you get hate mail or, or love mail, that it makes you feel something good, bad, indifferent, but it makes you feel something that's so, affecting yeah. your mental health. Yeah. And so we have to wear these hats. I put on, believe it or not, my own personal social media hat so that when I'm representing myself, I become the whopper of my Burger King. I'm what's for sale. Right? I'm a community ambassador. I work for a living. I'm a professional announcer and a voiceover artist. I achieve sales in those fields based on my LinkedIn messaging or my Facebook posts or my Instagram mm -hmm. or my Twitter. And so I have to wear the hat of a marketer of me, the Whopper. I'm mm -hmm. the burger for sale. And that means stepping outside of a real first person relationship that we were used to. I was born in 1975. We didn't grow up like that because you didn't have to, but now you're a public brand. Mm. And, and for anyone thinking, you know, I happen to be a public person, but if, if, if you don't think you're a public brand, but you're on social media, you're wrong. Mm. If you're on social media, you don't have to be a public figure. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be a celebrity or even have a podcast. That's not the point. If you've broadcast one thing, even to your aunt and uncle in Saskatchewan, you are a public brand. Whatever you say can and will be used against you <laughs> within or outside yeah. of your family relations. So we are all public brands now. And even our kids are because we've celebrified them. Hmm. Boy, I'm a brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, maybe we could just kind of take a little pause, mm -hmm. um, gather our thoughts and uh, continue on. Is that all right? Sounds good. Yeah, this is awesome. So during the break, we were talking about what to talk about next, and we came up with the idea of social media being adolescent, young, foolish, misunderstood, <laughs> um, and we're talking about users being adolescent, but also the whole thing. Like the platform. The platform, the, yeah. adolescent. Um, so why, why does maturity matter, immaturity? Mm -hmm. What does that have to do with social media? Right. That's go from there i know I, I know i see a lot of what i would deem immature behavior on social media yeah well i also like the angle too that the, that social media itself is is new and young and yeah i often find it funny when students that we're teaching i mention they'll say youtube and we'll talk about my schooling like there was no youtube there was no twitter there was no instagram and that was not that long ago and it's hard to relate i think sometimes the teacher to our students that that's the, yeah. the part i i don't see youtube like they see youtube at all i think i do no. <laughs> but i don't you know yeah and it's all yeah. so new and i've i've latched onto it from a certain brain a certain age and they've latched on at a certain age and yeah maybe joe you've thought about this a lot <laughs> uh, i've thought about it a lot i think the first thing that has to be said is is right away you guys are talking about the humans that use social media when i when i think of the adolescence of social media i'm thinking about the actual um social media let's remember mm. that, that that facebook is 2007 uh, you know uh, uh, twitter uh, twitter began in in 06 um you know i always like to tell the joke for oilers fans apologies but uh, until what three years ago um there had never been a tweet sent from an oilers playoff game uh, <laughs> uh, that's true that's on an awesome, iphone actually. 
because the iPhone, the iPhone right. came out in 06 and so did Twitter a month later. So when, when I think of the adolescence of social media, I don't go to humans. We can talk about that. And I think that's important because yeah. the adolescent behavior on social media is what you're talking about. And certainly we can talk night and day about that. Everyone recognizes it. Some of you are scrolling through timelines as you listen to this and recognizing in the comments section, the adolescent behavior of grown adults. So we can talk about that, but I want to talk about the adolescence of social media and, and has it, as it pertains to um, our current culture, remember that your smart TV, uh, perhaps the device you're listening to this podcast on right now is infant in the technology world. And anyone uh, who was born in the 70s or 80s or maybe 60s, maybe 50s, if you're listening, you recognize in your lifetime the technology that has, has been born. Uh, but when we talk about the adolescence, we're talking 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And, and, and are we really, because the, I don't know if you guys remember, you know, what was it? The farm game or other, you know, Facebook essentially was a place to connect with classmates from high school and yeah. play farming games, Yeah, oh yeah. you know? So, so really of 15 years and much like a child growing up in the first five years, they're learning to put, you know, blocks in holes, right? Feed their face and not get it on their shirts. It's only in the latter half of growing up through through youth and, and then and then adolescence as we can all imagine that that you really do grow well that's where we are with the technology never mind the human behavior so if the technology is only at a level where it has just hit puberty then how are its users possibly mature enough mm -hmm. to use it and that's the part that that fascinates me i wonder like do you think joe that has there been any other technology or anything so all-consuming or intrusive into human society where i don't think we even think that way like we've always just had instagram or we've all i've always been on facebook yeah which is like, what is there anything that wipes away our past memory like like social media well uh, yeah that's that's a that's a tough ledge we always will think what we have and, and our grandparents did this and our great grandparents did this. We always think that what we have is the pinnacle of our technological advance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So the pencil when invented, and I'm going to make it up here, this is not real, but the pencil <laughs> when, it, when invented in 1742, um, close. I don't know. Maybe. I bet that's correct. Actually. I, I don't even know. Someone's Googling <laughs> it right know. now and you'll get know. a, you know what, you know, comment on a comment right now, if, <laughs> if we got that right, or even close, I'm probably way off, but the pencil, when it, when it came about, you know, an erasable, um, probably lead, not graphite, uh, you know, that was, that was a pinnacle of existence. The point I'm trying to make is, um, right now we believe social media is exactly what you just said. It, it's the pinnacle of our, of our amazing technological advance. And there's nothing more, um, incapacitating, but also, all encompassing in our world, mm -hmm. because right now that's true. What we will all laugh at is listening to this even six years from now yeah. when self-driving cars are on the road everywhere and we, <laughs> you know, or, or 10 or 15 years, whenever that is. And we will go, Oh my God, now it's our personal safety because yeah. right now it's our emotional safety, right? Our cerebral safety is what we're talking about. And it's very important. But when self-driving cars or the next amazing, you know, transporter device. Yeah. Won't, won't that be the most amazing, mm -hmm. all-encompassing mm -hmm. thing to, to put it back at you? Yeah. yeah. Well, sure. I, I often wonder things that we don't even know are coming. Like in, in the year yeah. 2000, we didn't know it was coming. We had no idea what Twitter would be like. So we can yeah, talk right. about self-driving cars, but that? in 15 yeah. years, we have no idea. What's yeah. And that's what I mean. So we, we are, a, well, I love talking selfishness because we are all selfish, right? When you clothe and water and, and heat your home and, and heat yourself and, and feed yourself, you're selfish. So selfish is not a negative word. It's been made negative by human behavior, by human society. But selfishness is what we have to do. We have to breathe every breath, every couple seconds to to maintain livelihood. That's selfish, right? We don't give our breath away. And I know there's other versions of that, but so selfishness, I love talking about selfishness. So selfishly as a society, we recognize our advancements as the greatest, the best, mm -hmm. right? We are even the top of the food chain, right. right? Even though we could be attacked by a shark or an alligator right now, um, we are the top of the food chain <laughs> because we wear them as boots and, and <laughs> eat them as soup. Um, but so that's selfishness, right? That's selfish behavior. And so, so I think it's really, um, 
it's 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 really indicative of who we are as a culture as a society when when we admit that our technology is so superior that we we're eating our own young online and we are but right now i mean to your point the that's going to change there'll be something else and it'll be magical and amazing because mm. cds were incredible over cassettes mm. oh and then the mp3 player Oh right. And now CDs are like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Can I make a clock out of that? Columbia house. <laughs> so I, so I think it's really important that I, I think, I think being humble in our, uh, and we don't do this and, and almost none of us will do this. We'll do it for a day, but to form a habit of it is, but I, uh, I just don't think humans are, are, are able to say we're not all that hot. We're not all that great. Uh, there will be something better than us right now. We all think we are living in the, in this technology, technological age, because we've been told we have, we've been told we are, and that's what it looks like we are. But tomorrow we'll look back and we'll just be the cassette, our iPhones and our, these phones we're holding around. will just be a cassette player. Yeah. I don't know if it's true, but there's a quote from the patent office in the United States in 1899 that said, the, the the head of that said everything that can be invented has yeah. been invented uh, and that may be fake but yeah yeah i love it's that sort of like yeah everything that we know has come to yeah and that was before the toilet yeah it's yeah. before everything that was before that was now. before Literally. everything yeah probably before glass windows and, and that's know. exactly yeah. that's i'm glad you brought that up because that's exactly what i was going to too i've heard that same quote uh and that's exactly what i was going to we are so um egotistical mm. as a as a culture to think that we are at the pinnacle. There's no, there's, there is no, and I mean, that goes then to what's next, right? The singularity, which is humans and, and tech combining. And that's, that's terrifying to so many people. But the thing that I keep with this analogy about social media being adolescent and we're believing that it's the most powerful thing and we trust it. I just keep in my head, visualizing like a, like just a geeky teen, like acne, like, like just, and we're trusting that with our lives. Like, and we think it's the best thing ever like this. Mm. uh, Like, yeah. And it makes sense, but it worries me. It makes me feel really stupid. Well, and here's, here's one of the things, and you bring up an interesting point. And we bring this up in schools. Um, You know, my, my partner, Joe, uh, the other Joe at Joe social media, there's two Joes, male, female. That's why there's brackets around the E for those that don't know. Um, Anyway, we speak in schools um, to kids, obviously, all ages. It's amazing how young kids are, are using social media and how many parents don't think they're using social media because there just aren't conversations that are happening. But if your child has an iPad, they're on social media because they're on a device that has an app that has a, an area that's public. By the way, you've posted you know, their ultrasound picture on your Facebook. <laughs> yeah, right. So they're on social media. But uh, anyway, we, we speak to all ages, elementary, middle, high school, but in those classrooms are also teachers, adults, parents. Um, and, and what's really interesting is there's a, there's a fundamental negativity towards social media. We've even touched on it here first. Uh, and, and that's frustrating because social media has also changed lives. Social media has uh, done in, 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 incomparable things that society was unable to do even 10 years ago. It, it has driven movements in climate change. It's driven movements in LGBTQ, in Black Lives Matter. Um, certainly any social structure of hashtag that has carried a mm-hmm. symbolism. Social media has done all of those things. Social media has had incredibly terrible people denounced and incredibly important and positive and amazing people yeah. promoted. But you know what we don't talk about? Those things. You know what we do talk about? Negative. And here's why. Because as parents, as adults, as people who know better, the first thing we teach our kids about stoves is they're hot. Negative. Mm-hmm. Not that they cook cupcakes. Not that they make amazing bakery items and food that feed our souls and our human existence. The first thing we teach kids about cars and streets is to look both ways. Don't walk behind them. Be very careful around them. Safety. Always negative. So the first thing we're teaching our children about social media is the same thing. Negative. Snapchat's terrible. TikTok is horrible. You'll learn bad things. Terrible people are online. Comment sections. And do you know why we do that? 
because that's what we see. Adults are using social media in such a vile and terrible way on a daily basis or seeing it used in a terrible and vile way that we believe our children are too, but they're not. Our children aren't. They're using it for fun. They're using it for creativity. They're using it for advancement in learning. Can you imagine at their age, if you were even able to learn about icing cupcakes, I mean, you had to wait till the library opened, take out a Mm -hmm. book, right? Get a library card Mm -hmm. and go through the logistics of that. They can look on their YouTube channel and watch, you know, an hour and a half of learning, certainly screen time and other things. There's lots of negative to it, but there's lots of positive to it. They can, we have artists right now. We have, we have musicians right now who are learning to play musical instruments at home using Twitch streams and YouTube Mm -hmm. channels. So it's, it's incredible what positives are available, but what's almost more incredible and really sad is how we're not focusing on that. We're focusing on the stove is hot. So you you mentioned talking to students in schools, elementary even. Is that what you talk about? Is that kind of sort of the angle? Yeah. What is is sort of the... Well, uh, the the first thing we do is learn. Right away, when Joe and I started speaking in schools, we went in, like most public speakers, probably like the ones that are listening. You know, if you went to school anywhere in the 80s or 90s, you probably had a public speaker come in and talk to you about drugs or, or sex or, you know, teenage pregnancy or, I mean, a handful of things, drinking and driving. And it was an adult condescending, and I don't mean condescending in a terrible way, but an adult who knows better talking down to you about what not to do. The stove is hot. And so the very first thing we started to realize was we needed to listen to the kids. What are their experiences online? And we learned immediately that their experiences are nothing like ours. We're telling them about safety online, which they know ad nauseum. They've heard that ad nauseum. A a kindergarten child takes digital citizenship. Mm Mm-hmm. They learn this from the from the get go. We didn't and don't because we learned it in university. Right. And so what we're talking to them about, first of all, is listening. We're not talking at all. We're listening. So we ask some very important and pertinent questions. We learn about how they're using the channels. And what we've learned is that they use the channels to connect with their friends. And then we scold them for never connecting with friends because they don't connect with friends the same way we did. There aren't bikes outside. Yes, they're not at the playgrounds. Yes, they're not drinking from fire hoses or from from garden hoses. <laughs> don't drink from fire hoses. <laughs> fire hoses. Or fire hoses, hopefully. <laughs> but it is different. Acceptance, acceptance is how we need to advance our human species. Acceptance. We hear that in every other facet, but why we can't accept that our children are growing up in a world that is different than ours. Mm -hmm. Accept that, then learn from them how to teach them, and then advance through safety. That almost seems like a timeless message, not even just the digital age. I mean, every single generation looks down on the newest one, you know? Uh, Well, we want things, right? And and, and there's a very famous, uh, in my opinion, diabolical former president who wanted things to be great again. Mm-hmm. And to me, that message is false. It's faulted. Mm-hmm. Nothing can be like it was. Mm-hmm. What we are speaking to is sentimentality. Mm-hmm. Sentimentality is having a great upbringing by a loving father and a loving mother and wanting the same for your child. But raising them in the same way is impossible because the foods are different. Mm-hmm. The way that we grow foods is different. The way that the lands that harvest the food are sold differently. We have advanced as a society and as a culture and as a community. And so we cannot have the sentimentality. We can have the emotional tie, mm-hmm. but we can't have the same advancement unless we accept this new reality. So in other words, in what I'm saying, complicated way, is we exist with computers and devices. We exist with the internet. We exist with strangers online who have access to your youth. That can sound very scary and it is very scary, but if we accept it, now we can advance with safety training, but most people are unwilling to accept it. And so what we do is we ban, we forbid, we tell them no. Mm-hmm. And if we let 25 year olds on the QE two, which is the major highway between Calgary and Edmonton that goes through red deer. If we let everyone on the highway without giving them driver training, how many good drivers do you think we'd have? 
But we don't do that with automobiles. We teach them. We train them. We put them in a vehicle at 14, 15, 16. We take driver training. We take licenses. We don't do that with social or digital learning. Instead, we ban for bid and then hope at 27 years old when they go off to college or university, okay, now you can go online as if they haven't been there because the blanket and the wool is way over our eyes. So it's really, really complex. Well, I've just, it's one thing that you've said that I find interesting is parents wanting to ban this and finding it's dangerous. But every kid that I've come in contact with, and I've taught hundreds of kids, they have TikTok, Facebook, whatever the popular app was, way before the app itself says that they're of age to to have it right so parents are letting their kids there it's kind of like they're they're terrified of it they're afraid of it they're worried about it but they're also turning their kids over to it yeah and 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 this is no different than when you when your child has interest in something if your child comes home and and uh, not home let's say you have a three-year-old and and they they're pretending in the corner to play a guitar or a musical instrument you're going to culture that. You're going to you're going to lead that. You're going to be passionate about it. There's other listeners right now who have kids who play mini sticks and or or they're very sports minded. They kick a ball and gosh darn it, you know my daughter or my son is <laughs> they just love sports. They're roughhousing. They love wrestling. They, they they you can just tell right. And and anyone who has a child, you know that there's different right. Someone else is playing with dinosaurs. Someone else is tearing something down and taking it apart. Mm-hmm. They're mechanical in nature. What do we do with all of those elements? We promote it. Yeah. We help it. In, in a sports culture, most importantly in a sports culture, whether it's a dance community or hockey or, or you know, we, we sign them up. We buy them the equipment. We take them to early morning, God early morning practices. <laughs> we drive them and we pay huge amounts of dollars to get them around to it. But when someone comes to you and says, I love digital, I want to have a YouTube channel, dad. Mm-hmm. Do you know what we're starting to do? not starting to do. Do you know what we're doing? We're dissuading them because we're terrified of it. Mm. No, no, nah, you're not going to be a YouTuber. Why wouldn't we want our kids working for an incredible company underage where we can, I've met, I've met hundreds, hundreds of kids who are making thousands of dollars, some hundreds of thousands of dollars under the guise of directors, their parents, Mm-hmm. who manage their channel, who manage their brand. Mm-hmm. And when you have an executive director, if anyone knows how the makeup of a movie, you know, when you see executive director of a TV show or a movie, understand that that's the bankroll. That's the in charge. Yeah. That's the person. They're not on set. They're not running the mics or the lighting or the cameras. They're in charge of the broadcast. If you become your child's executive producer at the age of five, all they want to do is film themselves. All they want to do is act out their dreams. They want to, they want to do what they're doing. No different than the kid playing mini sticks in the corner or playing dinosaurs. They want to do that. And we are not fostering it because we're terrified of the technology. Well, I like, I like taking breaks uh, with terrifying things. Because <laughs> 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 I can pick one of my darker jingles for this one. Okay. <laughs> and then we'll come back for yeah. our third and closing segment. So I want to, we're trying to think of a a way to wrap this conversation up, which has been a great conversation, by the way. Um, On and off air. Yeah. Yeah. We're going on like seven hours now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I just want, here's the question I want to pose. Should I be on social media? Hmm. And I'll follow up. Should I be on social media? (laughs) Do you want to add to that too? <laughs> no, I'm good. I can just list, sit sure. back and hear what yeah. you say to these two. So I think, uh, you know, I think, I think the ultimate answer, if we're all the I, if we're, we're sort of omnipotent and, and thinking of everyone listening as should I be on social media? Um, should humans be on social media? Should we have social media? Uh, I'm sure there's plenty that would say, you know, we, we should have never gone here. This is the Pandora's box. It's been opened and, and et cetera. But then there's others. If you listen to what I said about the positive natures and what we're doing, yeah. I think it all comes down. The one word that comes to mind for me um, when we ask why is motive. Um, the answer to your question lies in, well, why? Um, 
because I don't think it's as simple and I don't mean to overcomplicate it, but you can't just ask why or, or should I, should I do something? Should I get in my car right now? Oh, why would you? Are you going to the grocery store? Are you driving to a event? Do you have to pick up something, drop off something? Jube jubes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I do believe it comes down to that, that simple. No, you shouldn't get in your car right now. If you don't have a motive to do that, if you do, then yes, um, you should. So social media it, to me is the same. Social media is such a broad term, by the way. Remember that we have multiple platforms now. Should I buy a bag of chips? Should I buy Doritos? Should I buy uh, Lay's potato chips? Should I buy rip, uh, the um, Old Dutch what, uh, ripple chips? You know, there's so many different kinds. Should I be on Facebook? Should I be on Instagram? Should I be on Twitter? Well, certainly stretching that part. So I don't mean to overcomplicate a simple question, but should you be there? I simply ask, what's your motive for being there? Um, I guess I don't have one at this point. I mean, well, it's interesting because we have our podcast and that's definitely an entity that we uh, objectively should be on social media with. I think we would all agree. Like, yeah, people it, are following it, you right now. That's exactly right. Yeah. Thank you for following us, by the way. Thank you. And thanks for commenting. But I can <laughs> see people taking Joe's question going, like, why do you guys do that? Hmm. Oh. Because it's fun or... What do we do? Social media? Yeah. Or why do we... Well, want- you and Tyler do it. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but, but in, that, in that case, your motive is marketing, right? right I right. mean, to achieve listeners to something that's static. So a podcast, just so you know, it, it airs. It's static. It doesn't... Um, it's, not, it, it's not dynamic, right? A podcast can't be listened to unless I know to listen to it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the only way I know to listen to it is to be promoted. That's marketing. Right. Same as a Delicio pizza. It sits there static in the cooler, in the freezer until such time as you're told or one of your senses picks it up directed or. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what social media is from a marketing standpoint. Right. So harmonious gentleman on Instagram, which I'm so glad you're following uh, or, or at Joe Whitbread uh, or at Joe social media. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the, uh, the follows. Um, those are only in your periphery now because you've heard them. One of your senses has picked them up. There's only five senses. I've always been fascinated. The fact that we only have to impress one of five different <laughs> things, right? Taste, touch, smell, sight, and sound. Taste, touch, smell, sight, and sound. Yeah. Um, that's it. If you are able to achieve, this is a marketing, marketing 101. If you're able to achieve uh, one or more, uh, intelligent or emotional response to those five senses, then you can achieve potentially your followers, your incentives, your um, sales, your, your, your marketing approach. And so why would one of you be on there? Well, potentially if that's your motive to promote currently what you're selling. And I say selling, we can't think of selling as monetizing. Selling is, is, is promoting your passion, right? A 12 year old that comes to you and says, I want to, be a YouTuber. Okay. Well, if you make YouTube videos, nobody knows you made YouTube videos. So you actually have to use the other channels Mm -hmm. to tell them you're on YouTube. Do you see how that works? Or you have to use other channels of other channels. So you have to use mom's channel to tell people to go follow. Right. That's that's a simple idea, but it actually is. It, it makes a difference in terms of the why for sure. Like, and which is something that as an adult, I might question in a kid, their motive. Yeah, and and, and, and you in, should. in a condescending way, even certainly. Yeah, why do you even want to do that? Yeah. But if it's to well, and you'll find promote out, something that they're doing and already, you'll, and you'll find a lot from your kids when you ask them why. I mean, we know this, right? Why is the sky blue? Is the is the age old question when a child asks? We don't just say the answer. And if you're a parent, you should never tell them the answer. Allow them to explore, to philosophize. Right? It's the scientific nature of the question. That's the value to the intellectual development. Yeah. Why the sky's blue is in a book. Reflections of oceans or I don't even know the answer to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> Dissipation of light or something. Graham will know. There you go. It's one of those two things. <laughs> <laughs> See? And, and, and that's the fundamental question. So the, the, the child's question, the innocence of the question, what it does is it sparks the, in, the intelligent um, thought processes 
and and synapses firing and and thinking, which is what we need. And so, frankly, social media can do that as well. When you see, and we were speaking off air about you know going through a comment section of, of dastardly or terrible responses, and we've all seen it where it goes off the rails very fast, and you're you're led into this emotional disturbance because you're witnessing. And for many people listening, they hop in. And and I, I highly encourage, by the way, if you're one of those people, just admit to yourself that you're one of those people. It's okay to admit it, but it is probably okay at this point to, to understand not to hop in. I know you've heard that before, but we feel like we have to hop in. And, and sometimes that's just making it worse. Um, but we were talking off air about how we, recognize this emotional disturbance and yet we are somehow subtly addicted to it yeah because we actually went there for what we were seeking that was our motive yeah and so when i speak about motive why are you there sometimes we actually look at something that's off our political scale off of our it's it's if we're right it's left or if we're left it's right we actually go there to 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 witness the car crash. We watch sometimes these races and we want to see the cars crash. And that doesn't feel nice to admit, but we do. We kind of want to see what it seems like. And so social media is that. And so if that's our motive, we have to recognize the negative mental health implications of that. And the opposite is also true. We can go there seeking valuable perspectives from positive humans who we want to emulate or be like, and we will find that too. I wonder if there's there's an issue with people that they have multiple motives and so it can be a it can be a self-destructive kind of thing where there 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 is something that's good in nature but it's also entangled with something that's not well that's the love hate i think that's what tyler was talking about that's the love hate Uh, we love to see what we wanted to see and by the way love doesn't mean positive it doesn't mean unicorns and rainbows sometimes we went to seek what we wanted to see and we got to see it yeah Right? Maybe as you're listening to this, Carey Price is a member of the Seattle Kraken. And you can't possibly believe that the goaltender that took the Montreal Canadiens to the Stanley Cup, one of the greatest (laughs) goaltenders on our planet, you know, maybe he became a member of the uh, Kraken. Maybe he didn't. When we recorded this, we didn't know. But but maybe you went to explore the relationship that Habs fans have with their beloved who's now on the West Coast. I think some listeners just realized who you were when you got into that <laughs> oh that's oh, yeah. Whip, right? oh yeah well, wait, that the, 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 let me do this because this this always gets uh, no money down no down payments no monthly payments for a year it's a store-wide liquidation sale this weekend only yeah there's the uh, your red deer rebels yeah that's yeah. awesome ladies and gentlemen your sylvan lake gulls yeah that's that's now i know you now Joe. You know, oh, like, yeah, man. yeah some assembly required no batteries <laughs> included there you go yeah so i i i uh, my point is i think motive uh, should you be on social media should you be anywhere why are you there should you go to university this fall should 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 a listener right now ask that person out uh, ask that person to marry them um should you go to the grocery store for pepperoni sticks What's your motive? Are you snacky? Is it, is it midnight when you're listening to this? You know, what's your motive and what's the responsible decision? Yeah. And, so it's all motive. And the tricky thing is that your motive, just that when you talk about pe- pepperoni sticks there, that I'm hungry. So that, yeah, that yeah. motivated me. But like, yeah. So when I go, I might be motivated to get a healthy snack. I walk to the fridge, mm-hmm. but I open the fridge looking for a healthy snack. But then I see pepperoni sticks and I just, all of a sudden my motivation changes or shifts it's, wait, not, those, it's not a complete those change. aren't healthy <laughs> wait i i had those on my health yeah no no exactly so no motivations uh, but, yeah but no that's a i think a great point like it, it isn't necessarily good or evil social media it's well it's it's like anything right we we tell kids in, in our presentations about the chocolate cake right it's okay to play video games dads play it moms play it grandparents play it for some reason, when we see kids playing it, we think it's rotting their brains and they're just, but it's about the chocolate cake, right? Mm. You can have a piece of chocolate cake occasionally at a birthday party or at a, at a, a Saturday function. But if you go home after school and eat the entire chocolate cake, <laughs> and that's, that's video games, right? So, mm-hmm. so kids are being scolded all the time for playing video games. There's nothing wrong with playing video games. In fact, video games are used in learning. They're used in classrooms to teach math and science and social studies. Mm -hmm. Video games, there's nothing wrong with video games. It's when we overconsume 
or consume the wrong kind of video games. When we eat a chocolate cake that's been laced with something or a triple layer, and it's got all kinds of sugar components that we shouldn't have more than half a piece, let alone a full piece. So social media is the same. It's okay to back away. It's okay to recognize in yourself that you're participating in comments sections you shouldn't be participating in, or that you are representing your brand, your human existence, you, the human that's online, but little did you know, while you commented on that thing about that referee's call that you hated during the game, that actually represented your employer because you used language hmm. that your employer would not approve of. Yeah. And so it's also okay to recognize in ourselves. And I really, really, really hope that you guys and your listeners will, will take that and realize that we're not all perfect. I know a lot about marketing and social media. I've, I've misstepped online because I've been caught in the heat of a, of a conversation, of a debate, of something I believe in that someone else doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so we're not all perfect. And social media is a place where you can absolutely, and I highly recommend more people do it, mute yourself. Never mind muting others. Mute yourself for a while. I think that uh, that's a great segue to confessions, just recognizing that we're not <laughs> perfect humans and we make mistakes. So our last segment, Joe, is... Uh, one where we confess something to each other. But there's a very nice jingle we get to hear before that. Thank you, Tyler. So nice to say. We usually end the podcast. Well, we always have ended the podcast confessing something to each other. Confession is about vulnerability, and to be vulnerable means to be at risk of experiencing harm. I don't think we're at risk here, although we haven't heard each other's confessions yet. <laughs> so let's start with Graham and okay, see well, if mine he's is, at risk of harm. Mine is no eargum story, but um, <laughs> my confession is simply that um, when I'm, I've been home with the kids a lot this year with my ear off, and um, I, I, snacking is a problem. All right. Like when you're, when you're close to the kitchen, it's just hard not to eat all day long. And, um, my new thing, um, has been cheese. So my confession <laughs> is that I've consumed an ungodly amount of cheese <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. And today was, it got really bad. That's why I'm confessing. So today we had a bunch of shredded cheese left over from our camping trip. <laughs> where we did, uh, whatever we did. Taco in a bag. And so I was, the kids were busy having their snacks. So I just grabbed this big container and just started sort of eating clumps like of shredded. Like by hand? Just out of the bag? With my fingers. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is a, can you quantify the amount of cheese? Um, I don't know. Five or six little hand like scoops, maybe? Pinches? Yeah. Like generous <laughs> pinches. Pinches? <laughs> pinches with four fingers? That's three. Three fingers. Three, three fingers. finger pinches. But then the worst part is I put it back in the fridge but when I did that, I saw the, the, the block of cheese. Oh, no. Like, what am I doing with this <laughs> and I remember crappy thinking, grated like, stuff? I'm like, come on, just forget that. I close the fridge and I walk away. And within minutes, I was back there with the block, <laughs> cutting slices and just eating it. slices of cheese as well. And with the greatest stuff, are you like big league chewing it, just wadding <laughs> it up in your lip? Oh, or? man, eating it way too fast. <laughs> and then feeling pretty, pretty sick because it's... Yeah. 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 Cheese is delicious. It's though. so yeah. I remember when I was a kid. The first time my parents let me be home alone, the first thing I did was just take the cheese and just yeah. eat it, like <laughs> right sure. off the block. Right off the block. Not Church off the block. Yeah. So at least right. I'm cutting the cheese first. <laughs> yes, that is a step up. Anyway, it's the stupidest there. confession I ever had. Um, I'm going to try better tomorrow. Oh, okay. I promise. Well, oh. I don't understand what's wrong with like you're probably not eating too much. It's calcium. It's it's. No, I ate too much. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, the the fat content was well above what I'm supposed to have in a day. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and by the way, a quick a quick follow up to that. Uh, actually, no, I'll, ta I'll talk. You about haven't later. gone to the bathroom for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Joe's turn. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, uh, interestingly, uh, I can't have cheese right now. My confession is, uh, I've I've uh, been experiencing for the last year. Unfortunately, uh, uh, I have Crohn's disease, um, so I can have cheese. I'm not lactose intolerant, but right now I'm I'm in a flare up, and I. Uh, I'm, I haven't been well. I've been uh, quite ill. Uh, anyone who has Crohn's or colitis uh, or any uh, gastrointestinal uh, disease can understand my plight, but uh, I'm just learning it. Uh, I'm 45 years old this year. And um, in the last year, I've had to deal with this unfortunate internal uh, disease, which affects my diet. It affects my uh, 
the, the way I have to <laughs> be in public. So yeah, yeah. my confession mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is the complete and utter flip-flop in the way that I've had to, uh, at 45 years old, change my entire mm. existence. Um, I now need to know where a bathroom is. I now need to, uh, immediately, understand what I'm putting in my body and when that's going to change over. And it, I can, I, I can honestly tell you if you, if you don't know anything about it, um, I didn't either. It, it completely changes the way you think of almost every circumstance from mm-hmm. driving 20 yeah, minutes right. to, yeah. to uh, spending time in public areas, uh, which I spend plenty of time in. Uh, and now, you know, some of the elements of being on stage and, uh, in stressful situations, i have to be very very uh, cognizant so Mm. that's that's my confession it's it's Mm. been difficult yeah sounds like a struggle how how long have you been dealing with that uh honestly as long as covid um almost simultaneous i actually was thrust into the hospital uh almost the exact same time as the pandemic which was frustrating on itself by the way because as the world was dealing with the medical system in a pandemic i was dealing with something non-covid related in the medical system so right exceptionally frustrating um but yeah uh, essentially since uh march of 2020 uh, uh, wow yeah mm-hmm. there uh, did i do that uh, i, I felt yeah, like i should have gone with cheese or vulnerable. something yeah, <laughs> yeah. You should, you yeah. feel really dumb you like, get a pinch I of cheese, too much cheese well, I'll, I'll bring it back to uh kind of where graham started it <laughs> thank you <Tyler>. um <laughs> and my i don't mind might not qualify as a confession but i i was in a we had some family members over some for a barbecue and I was having a conversation with some uh, family members who I hadn't seen in a while and just a nice little small, small talk chat. And I had, before they came, I had been mowing the lawn and I'd been going through the trees and you guys, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I'm fairly afraid of spiders mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I mean, sorry for laughing, but yes, we did, we did know. <laughs> so anyway, so that's, I just thought I'd throw that, that that's important information to have. I was in this conversation with a um, family member and I felt something crawling on my back, but it was like a, someone I hadn't seen in a while. And I didn't want to like overreact. So I kind of just casually touch my back, try to brush it off. But internally I'm freaking out. Like I feel like there's a spider crawling down my back and then I brush my back and it fell in my shirt into my butt crack. <laughs> oh, so now I've already been trying to play it cool, but I can feel it in my underwear what oh and i was i just tried to play it so and it bit me something Whoa. bit me whatever it was something it gave me a little bite top left of my butt crack is there a and, hole or no i'm sorry i'm sorry 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 that's horrible that was the most riveting yeah. part of this entire podcast <laughs> i'm gonna name and, this butt crack spiders by the way that's the title of this episode but yeah. right yeah so wow. I, but i like the yeah i don't really know what the confession part is it's, i guess i'm just sharing a kind of an embarrassing weird story but um i yeah i felt like i had to play it cool the whole time but internally i'm struggling and then and the person you were speaking to never caught on uh they probably saw me like that something was itchy or like on my like but i didn't put my hand down my pants but like I scratched my back or I shook my shirt a little bit. Well, kudos to you for not making it that obvious because you have that fear. Well, so I wanted to scream at the top yeah. of my lungs. But. Wow. Yeah. That's, did, you have did, you, did you ever find it? Uh, no, I think I did come in and check and it did had, not find it. It had fallen out or whatever. <laughs> like <laughs> fallen out, crawled Im- in. Embedded. <laughs> I, yeah, that's what I was. Is it still in there? <laughs> my goodness. Chris, why don't you bring us home? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, thanks for your vulnerability, all of you. Wow. <laughs> Intense levels right now. Uh, this is a confession that happened recently. I was in the grocery store in the produce section, saw somebody I knew but didn't want to talk to them. I don't know if you've ever had this feeling. And so I I have a kind of a method of when I grocery shop of like I go around the outside first and then inside the the aisles to get the things I wanted, but I actually went to the till with the things I had. Cause I was like, I just, I don't have the capacity to talk to this person right now. So I went, checked out left and came back later for the other things that I needed. Did Graham ever wow. find you? <laughs> I, I saw him. Knew. <laughs> it was me, but I guess like I do. So that person wouldn't have seen me. I don't think, but 
For this to be a true confession, you have to say who it was. Yeah, yeah. no, no. chance. Yeah, nope, nope. <laughs> that's that's quite something you you left the store prematurely. Yeah, and I've done it where it's like, ah, oh, like pretend, you know, yeah. Like actually, I've never had anything like this before. I just was like, I don't think I can talk to them right now. Yeah. So that's protecting your mental health. Which, by the way, there's nothing Maybe. wrong. There's nothing wrong with right. Like, like we are not ever in a place where we need to. We we aren't at anyone's. As someone who's in the public all the time, sometimes I have to. Right, you have yeah. to have that conversations. But in a private circumstance, a grocery store shop, I don't think you did anything wrong. I appreciate the confession and your vulnerability, but um, I don't think we owe anyone anything on our private time in public yeah, space. That's, thanks for saying that. I we, felt guilty at the time. We need Joe well, for all of our confessions. I was going to say, the absolution <laughs> yeah. is the part of the confession yeah. we well, don't usually have. Yeah. I like your it. spider thing is crazy, but other, everyone else. And there's nothing wrong with your cheese, and, and, but, but spiders Thank down you. here. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, we owe, not, we owe nobody uh, our private time. We owe people our public time. Uh, and when we can yeah, give, when we can give our private time, then then that's great. But it's bonus. It's gravy. It's extra cheese. Speaking of extra cheese, Chris, how do our listeners uh, follow us or get a hold of us? Uh, Twitter, which is blowing up right now. I've had quite a few uh, for real. This doesn't always happen, but <laughs> yeah. interactions during the show. Uh, so you should check us out on our handle at uh, Harmonious Gents, which is the same for Instagram. Yeah, Harmonious. Yeah. It's at Harmonious Gentlemen. On Instagram? On Instagram, yeah. And you can find us on Facebook as well. Yeah. Check it out. Or Joe, send us uh, an email. We like emails. We love emails. Yeah. 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 We love to read emails. And you can get us there at harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com. And Joe, what do you got going on online? What's your, what's your well, handles? Well, uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I am social. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Joe Social Media, obviously, uh, our business, which we'd, we'd appreciate. And and Joe Youth Creative as well, which is our, our kids element. I was telling you about some YouTube camps and TikTok camps. And we're really providing a space for learning, an inclusive, uh, valued space where parents can safely send their kids. So that's mm-hmm. Joe Youth Creative. Uh, we're on Twitter and we're on Instagram uh, and on YouTube. You can see some of the amazing things that the kids are creating um and then of course my stuff is all joe whitbread i'm at j-o-e-w-h-i-t-b-r-e-a-d it all rhymes joe whitbread uh on all the channels um i'm very uh very prolific on on twitter and on linkedin specifically um, a lot of people i know have linkedin don't use it mm-hmm. i use linkedin and and frankly um probably one of my favorite channels uh simply because it's intelligent uh, it's business um, and you're allowed to to be businessy so by all means connect with me there uh, i'm on insta as well you can see almost everything about me because i'm a very public uh, person who's private and i've really enjoyed my time here oh yeah we've enjoyed having you yeah it's been yeah. really awesome yeah thanks so much for joining us i appreciate it very much it's been wonderful thanks and thanks listeners uh, by all means uh, send me a message or uh, or tweet me along with these guys uh, just just a really enjoyable time on and off air awesome well thanks again we um hopefully the piano is playing right now for for peter but i'm sure it is um again let us know what you think for our 50th uh we're gonna probably get some listeners involved in that as well so stay tuned for some announcements eh yep tyler any closing thoughts um not really okay no i'm just yeah just enjoying the you're thinking about spiders still aren't you i was (laughs) thinking about spiders he's actually checking his pants like furiously so uh, just keep kind of feeling back there and (laughs) checking wait wait back there (laughs) (laughs) well I guess we'll see you next time on The Harmonious Gentleman